Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America Playoff Podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined by J.J. Cooper. J.J., what a finish to the ALCS and what a World Series matchup that awaits us. Uh, starting with everything that took place on Saturday, Jose Altuve, walk-off home run after D.J. LeMahieu had homered in the top of the ninth to tie it. Just as that game went on and finished up, what was your overarching thoughts about everything that took place, that series and that game? Okay, uh, I'm going to admit something embarrassing right now. You fell asleep. I saw LeMahieu's homer live, <laughs> but I, and I will say like I, there was no active decision to fall asleep at the same time, if I replay it in my head. So I, I didn't do all the things I needed to do to stay up. I was in bed. The TV was on. I knew that, you know, I, I and the next thing that happened for me was I hear Aaron Judge, I hear the announcer talk about an Aaron Judge catch. And I'm, I wake up, kind of shake my head. I look at the clock, and the clock says 4.35 a.m. And I, at the time, I thought for a split second that the game was still going on. And I had, you know, like missed like four hours uh, of, uh, of baseball. And then realized that they were replaying the game because like, wait a second, this is like before the inning that I was in. So they're replaying the game, hopped on the DVR at 4.30 in the morning, watched the bottom of the ninth, watched Altuve Homer, then went back to bed again. And, I, you know, the thought I had, so admitting that I, I missed it live, but the thought I had at the time was, is that, you know, Jose Altuve really – has done an outstanding job. Like he's been so important for these Astros, but he also has really kind of established himself as one of the players of this decade. And, and having signature moments like that really helped that too. Uh, you know, it was an amazing moment for the Astros. It was an amazing moment for Altuve. And what was a, a crazy game. I, I think the most we had anyone go was two and two thirds innings in that game. I mean, bullpen game versus bullpen game with a, uh, with the world series, uh, birth on the line is, uh, pretty remarkable, but, but what were your thoughts, Kyle? I mean, it was, it was an incredible game, an incredible finish, uh, but I actually want to hit on something with you. Cause this is something that we've talked about both in the office and on social media. You mentioned falling asleep, you know, game six of an ALCS between, uh, two Titans of baseball, do you feel like Major League Baseball should make an effort to move these games to an earlier start time? Even though this was a Saturday night, it was 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East Coast, didn't end until after midnight on the East Coast. And so much of what we talk about or what baseball talks about is growing the game for young fans, ensuring the next generation is invested and interested in Major League Baseball. And a, lot, a big part of that is going to games early in life, watching games in their early years. And with critical postseason games not ending until 11 or midnight Eastern, 11 or 10 Central, you're cutting out the half of the country. And, and my feeling on this is someone who's West Coast born and raised, grew up with 10 a.m. NFL football, 9 a.m. college football, 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, baseball starts. And then living on the East Coast and seeing what that was like for three years, I fully endorse Major League Baseball starting – Every playoff game, no later than 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And I think part of that for me is, again, as someone who grew up their entire life on the West Coast, we're very, very used to, okay, it's at four today. Oh, it's at 4.30 today. I mean, that's such a non-issue for us, and especially in the age of streaming, especially in the age of you can record anything on TV now as well. I don't feel like it's that big of a deal where, okay, you know, you're going to miss the first couple innings at work and don't get home till 5, 5.30 or 6. You can still know what's happening. You can still watch what's happening. So for me, I actually think Major League Baseball should set a hard and fast standard of no game starts later than 7.30 p.m. Eastern and preferably 7 p.m. Eastern just because I think the future fan base loss for them in terms of the kids who cannot stay up and watch these games is so detrimental to the future. I actually think it would be, it's something they should implement very, very soon. What, what are your thoughts on that? Some agreement, some disagreement. Um, I, I mean, one of the problems that we do have, and this is something that they continue to try to work on and they don't really have a good answer for is when you have an eight o'clock game, and it takes two hours and 45 minutes, then that, that window, okay, again, ideally you start at seven and everyone gets to see it. But okay, eight to 1045 is one thing. You know, there were two nine-inning games in that Astros-Yankees series that took over four hours. And I know I've heard, I've heard every comment about baseball. The great thing about baseball is it doesn't have a clock. And I also do love the Bill James comment about, no, it always did have a clock. You know, it was the sun. Know, it was the sun. But, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, I, look, the, the, the kids argument, I, I follow it in many ways at the same time, no matter when you start these games, it's going to be hard for kids to stay up till the end of them. If the game's ending at 1030, it's going to be, it depends on what, well, what age kid are we talking about? My kids are, are not allowed to be up to 1030, especially on a school night. Um, you know, there's all that. But on top of that, I do think, I do worry. The reality of it is, is that even a tense playoff game, if it takes over four hours for a nine inning game, it's hard for anyone to really devote their full attention to that. Now I know, I mean, there were, I'm sure, a bazillion Astros fans and a bazillion Yankees fans who were living and dying at every pitch. I am also saying, though, that I bet you that there were a lot of baseball fans, fans of other teams who checked in and out, who may have been keeping an eye on it. But at the same time, they weren't going to devote four hours that went till after midnight on the East Coast, even in a what was a very compelling game. You know, I, I do think that there is a certain pace aspect of this that is part of this. Now, you know, Again, I don't want to change things dramatically, but just to change them or anything like that. But we do have to figure out a way. Is there a way? I get it. If you're a team, if you're a player, if you're a pitcher, everything right now points to take more time because you don't want to ever rush something in a game of that magnitude. But at the same time, four plus hour games is a regular course in the postseason for a non extra inning game. Extra innings, different story. But for a non-extra inning game, you could have started that game at seven. Kids would have been able to make it to the end of it, most kids. Now, and that's, and that's again, fair. There is absolutely a pace consideration but, here. But I think there are certain things Major League Baseball can control. And I think this is one thing that would make it at least a little more potentially palatable in terms of, the, again, the things they can control. So that for me is 
start with this and see if it helps. Right. Well, uh, the thing I would say also with that, though, is, is that is how baseball works. If I have a choice, again, I'm on East Coaster, but there, you know, with some of these games that we're going on when we have multiple games, and obviously when you have the, the division series, we're not talking about these things. You know, like, I mean, the division series is going to have some like games you're putting four, right? You know, there are days you're putting four games on in a day. But I have no problem. There were multiple of those games where I would head home at the end of a work day and I'm listening to the game on the way home and I like listening to baseball, but I would much rather keep up with the early innings of game listening to it and then to get home to finish the, the, the late innings of a game on TV at home. Like what you're talking about on the, on the West coast. Yeah. If, if a game starts at let's say seven or seven 30, and you spend the first hour and a half of that game, because it's the West Coast, in a car on the way home, well, you're still home for, you would have been home easily for the, you know, the climactic moments of that game. Now, it doesn't always work that way. If you were doing that in the Cardinals-Braves game, game five, you know, you would have been not watching the end of that game. I get it. But the reality of it is, is, yeah, I would rather have, I would rather, if I'm going to have to kind of scramble on a part of a game, I'd rather scramble on the first three innings than the last three, generally. Absolutely. So that's something I'll be interested to see if Major League Baseball makes any adjustments eventually. But going back to game six, I think what stood out for me really this entire series, but especially game six, is just how complete this Astros team is. Again, so much focus has rightfully been on this offense. They led the majors in batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage. But this is an Astros team that's not just, uh, hey, we're going to go out and, and try and slug you to death. I mean, this is a really, really good team that from a situational hitting perspective is among the best in baseball. And they just play a complete game. We saw defensively Josh Reddick making a great catch in right field to potentially save some runs in a long inning. Michael Brantley, a great diving catch in left field, and then a bullet one hopper to first base for the double play to stymie the Yankees in the seventh inning. We saw the double play turn from Altuve and Correa just create all the way around to end the Yankees inning there. Throughout the series, we saw them execute hit and runs. We saw them execute rundowns when someone made a mistake. They did the little things to get the runners to second and third, and it paid off with a sinker baller throwing a wild pitch to lead to a run. This Astros team just continues to show they're one of the most complete teams I can remember in terms of they have so many ways to beat you, and they are so fundamentally sound in all aspects of the game. They have ace pitchers. They have a lineup where anyone can take you yard at any time but they know when to shorten up and they do it effectively. They know how to play small ball. They do it effectively. They play great defense. That just a backbreaker to the opposing team. I thought this was an excellent showcase series for the Astros. They won the bullpen game that they had in so many different arms they could turn to. And we talk about good situational hitting, you know, that bottom of the ninth, Chapman gets the first two outs, no problem. I thought Springer did a great, great, great job staying calm, staying composed, make Chapman come into the strike zone to him. It's really easy in that situation to go up, start hacking away, trying to play hero. I thought that was a great veteran at bat by Springer to go up there and draw that walk. Then you have Jose Altuve come up, takes two fastballs for a ball. Again, slow heartbeat, not being over-anxious. Chapman hangs a slider. I mean, that was a hanging slider, and Altuve took it for a strike, said, okay, show that to me again. Chapman threw it again. Altuve hit it off the facade in left field. I just thought the Astros showed such an ability to have such high quality at bats, play high quality defense. We saw them make big pitches throughout the series. 
this to me was just an impressive, impressive showcase of how and why the Astros won 107 games this year. And I think going into the World Series, yes, they played six games. Yes, they're not going to have the same rest the Nationals do. But to me, I feel like they're going in in a great, great spot given everything that transpired throughout that series and throughout Game 6. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that they're the best team in baseball. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to beat the Nats in the World Series, but I do think – I think if you watch that series, it's interesting. I saw someone tweeted about, you know, that – there seem to be too much focus on the Yankees pitching problems that, you know, the problem, their, their inaccuracies in pitching because their offense didn't, you know, didn't hit with runners in scoring position. Their defense wasn't as good as the Astros as well. And all those things are true, but I would agree with those. But I would say also though, the reason that the focus is on the Yankees pitching is, is that there's not really the, there's nothing in the Yankees lineup, but you, as they head into their off season, there's no part of that Yankees lineup where you go, you know, if they had just done X, now they couldn't count on that Stanton got hurt, but that lineup one to nine, there's not a whole lot of guys there that you want to replace. But if you look at their pitching, it does stand out. I would say if you were ranking the pitchers in that, the starting pitchers in that series, number one in that series is an Astro. Number two in that series is an Astro. And when you get to three, it's a, it could be an Astro. Like, and, and that's what stands out about this Astros team is, is that they have a lineup that I would say is not as deep as that Yankees lineup was, maybe like a, a position short shy of being as deep as that Yankees lineup. But I think they are better defensively. They were better defensively. And their starting pitching is just exceptional. And that's the thing that stands out to me as we shift it to looking at the World Series. The key for this Nationals team is, is they have incredible starting pitching. But I don't think it's better. It I don't think at the at the back of the rotation it is better than the Astros. Clearly, it is something where Anibal Sanchez versus Astros bullpen day advantage Nationals. Big advantage Nationals. But that's going to happen probably what one time in the series. Well, this is where for me. So again, I have a hard time picking against the Astros with no disrespect to the Nationals. This is a really good Nationals team that if you lop off the first 50 games of the season and just look at everything that took place the final 112 plus the postseason, they match up with any team in baseball winning percentage wise. I, I think for me, that is where the Nationals potentially would if they do win this series, that would be a key moment where say the Nationals are able to take one of the first three or even two of the first three and all of a sudden you get to game four and now you have the clear edge there and then moving forward after that you're potentially still looking at depending on what the Astros do and how they choose to play this you could potentially get one of Verlander or Cole on short rest again there's a couple different ways things could go um, and we don't know what the pitching matchups are going to be officially yet but I think, I think Cole has been a that's where something could one. turn in the Nationals' favor if they win that game four because they have that four starter. And then all of a sudden, some of the Astros are not pitching on full rest depending on where the series goes. But again, to me, the Astros are the best team in baseball. They have been start to finish. It's just very, very difficult to pick against them. They're at home. They're, they're playing really good baseball right now. I, I do give the edge to the Astros. Um, let, let's call it six games, Astros and six. Yeah, that, that's kind of that's that's my prediction as well. It's hard to predict five. I, I'm going to go Astros and six as well. 
You know, what I, for I, you is going to be the key to this series? Something, it could be surface level or is there something under the radar? What for you is going to be the key to this series? Defense. I think the Astros defense is really good. You know, um, again, I mean, it's a short series. The Nationals could obviously win it. You know, Juan Soto could, uh, you know, could basically continue to add to what has been a pretty remarkable start to a young career. Anthony Rendon could put a team on his back and we come out of it saying it's the Anthony Rendon World Series. You know, but at the same time, we could just as easily say that about Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve or George Springer or Carlos Correa or, you know, there are, the thing I will say to kind of, you know, that, 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 that does stand out to me that I love about this overall is the fact that I do feel like that this is a, a very compelling, you know, matchup. We're either going to see the Astros win a second World Series in, in a very short period of time, which is compelling, or we're going to see the Nationals win their first World Series, which is compelling. You know, e either one of those. And by the way, when I say Nationals win their first, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not necessarily linking it to what the Senators did. You know, it's, that's convoluted. You know, it's, it's very difficult, complicated and everything. But I will say, like, it's the first National, it'll be the first Nationals' first World Series win. So it should be a compelling series. I'm very excited by it. I also am a little saddened to realize, especially with the AFL uh, wrapping up earlier this year, that we will be down to uh, Winter League Baseball very, very soon uh, because the AFL is wrapping up before long. You're getting ready to head out there. And we, I guess we also have Premier 12 coming up, but we only have seven more, you know, at most seven more major league games. And then the off season has arrived. So uh, I'm very excited and I hope I will be able to stay awake through all innings of all seven games. Yeah, no, it'll be a good series. And again, I think for me, the biggest key is just going to be how deep the national starters can go. We've talked about they really have two relievers in Sean Doolittle and Daniel Hudson, although Tanner Rady's pitched well in, in limited spots. Um, it's just going to be difficult to do that. This is an Astros team that, as we mentioned, ranked first in the majors in batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage, and, you know, mostly every offensive category where the Nationals did what they did against a Cardinals team that ranked 22nd in the majors in OPS this year, again, where the Astros were first. So it'll be difficult. I think if the Nationals pull this off, they're going to have to get seven innings again from Sanchez, Scherzer, Strasburg. We'll see if they can get it. It'll be difficult, but that's how, if it happens, that's how it would have to happen. And again, the, but the thing I will also say is as good as those guys are, Garrett Cole's the guy who seems like he's pitching the best right now. I and would agree with that. And that's, that's what's going to make this such a fun series. I tweeted about it uh, Saturday night that this is going to be good. This is going to be really good with, with the pitching matchup. So we'll look forward to it. And we'll continue to have podcasts after every World Series game. So uh, keep it here at Baseball America, as JJ mentioned. I'm heading out to Arizona to do some coverage of the final week of the Arizona Fall League, as well as Team USA's training camp before they get set to go to Premier 12 and qualify for the Olympics. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming up here at BaseballAmerica.com. Go ahead and then give us a visit. We've got draft report cards up right now. JJ had his breaking story about Major League Baseball's proposal for minor league realignment. So a lot of good stuff. And then now's the time to subscribe. For JJ Cooper, I'm Kyle Glazer. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Thanks and enjoy the World Series, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.